a high water mystery in the Atlantic coast, how you can track coastal conditions online using NOAA's Now Coast, and restoring wetlands in Texas. It's Wednesday, September 2nd, 2009, and those stories are coming up on Making Waves, your source for news from NOAA's National Ocean Service. We're going to start off today with a mystery. Back in June, the NOS Center for Operational Oceanographic Products and Services, better known as NOAA's Tides and Currents Office, started getting reports from people all along the Atlantic coast that tide predictions were way off, in some places by as much as two feet. Now, it's not unusual for tide predictions to be off in small regions or estuaries along the east coast, but it's really unusual to see higher tides like this along the entire coast. These elevated tides were happening from Maine all the way down to the east coast of Florida. Not only was the tidal anomaly huge, it was also unusually intense, and it lasted for a long time. And while the tidal surge is mostly over now, the search into the possible causes of the higher tides is still under investigation. According to Mike Zabados, the director of the Tides and Currents Office, it's still too early to know the exact causes of the event, but two main factors seem to have contributed to it. One of those factors was that the ocean current that flows up the east coast from Florida was weaker than usual. And since the current was weaker, that means less water was being carried away from the coast. And at the same time, there were steady, prolonged winds from the northeast, which would effectively push water towards the coast. Well, later this month, Tides and Currents will release a report with details of their initial findings. But Zabados cautioned that more study is needed before we know the exact causes of the high tides, before we know if it was a one-time thing, part of a cycle in ocean water movement, or if it might be tied to longer-term global ocean trends. Now, that report will be available at Tides and Currents, that's all one word, tidesandcurrents.noaa.gov. And not sure what the difference is between tides and currents? You want to know a bit more about how currents are measured and used? Well then, I recommend you check out the August 12th episode of the NOS Diving Deeper podcast. You'll find it at oceanservice.noaa.gov. This episode features an interview with Laura Rear. She's an oceanographer with the Center for Operational Oceanographic Products and Services. And Laura manages the National Current Observation Program. So be sure to check that out. Now, since we're talking about ocean conditions, I want to take a few minutes to let you know about a web resource from the NOS Office of Coast Survey. It's called Now Coast, and you can find it at nowcoast.noaa.gov, and that's N-O-W-C-O-A-S-T dot Now, this is something that really has to be seen to be appreciated. And what it is, is an online interactive map that provides really a mind-blowing amount of near real-time weather forecast and ocean surface observations for all of the U.S., as you can imagine, knowing the current weather and ocean conditions along the coast are a big concern to a lot of people. People like recreational boaters, commercial mariners, coastal managers, or people who respond to things like oil spills and other maritime accidents. Well, Now Coast is a great place to get this current weather and ocean condition information. The site offers one-stop access to all sorts of things. Things like current conditions, air and water temperature, wind speed, visibility, precipitation, wave height. And you can view Doppler weather radar, cloud imagery, and weather warnings. That's just some of what you can find on the site. If you've ever used Google Earth, you feel at home with Now Coast. It's an interactive map of the U.S. that's made up of layer upon layer upon layer of information. All you need to do is select a location in the U.S., pick out the kind of data you want to see, select the time you want to know about, and there it is. 
and NOAA's Office of Coast Survey is adding more capabilities to NOWCoast all the time, they most recently released a new version that will show you the latest forecast for all active tropical cyclones in the North Atlantic, Caribbean Sea, Gulf of Mexico, and Eastern Pacific Ocean. Again, like I said, you got to see it to appreciate it, so go on over to nowcoast.noaa.gov and check it out. And finally today, we're going down to Texas to talk about a major coastal wetlands restoration project that was just completed around Port Arthur, Texas. Over 2,500 acres of wetlands were restored. In the NOS Office of Response and Restoration's Damage Assessment, Remediation, and Restoration Program served as the principal trustee for this big project. Now this program, the DART program, focuses on restoring coastal natural resources, restoring habitats and communities that have been harmed by oil spills, and cleaning up hazardous substance releases and ship groundings. Well, through this program, NOAA works with other agencies, industry, and communities to protect and restore coastal and marine resources that have been damaged. So in this case, program staff work with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, with the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality, Texas Parks and Wildlife, and the Texas General Land Office. And all these groups worked with the Chevron Corporation, to restore habitats that were injured by releases from refinery operations that took place decades ago by the Chevron Corporation. This project was really important, not only because coastal wetlands are really valuable habitats for many creatures, of course, but the restored wetlands will improve area water quality, and importantly to this part of the U.S., healthy wetlands help to serve as a buffer as tropical storms and hurricanes move on shore. The wetlands were restored to compensate the public for the natural resources that were damaged and harmed by historical releases of hazardous substances, things like gasoline, kerosene, jet fuel, and petrochemicals from the original Clark Chevron refinery in Port Arthur. Since its inception in 1992, the Damage Assessment Remediation and Restoration Program has helped to protect and restore natural resources at more than 500 waste sites. As of 2008, the program had settled almost 200 natural resource damage assessment cases, and that generated almost $450 million for restoration projects around the country. Now, if you want to know more about NOAA's role in these type of projects, head on over to www.darp.noaa.gov, and that's D-A-R-R-P. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's episode. If you didn't have a chance to write down those links listening to the podcast, which you probably didn't, you can head over to oceanservice.noaa.gov and get the links you'd like to the stories we talked about today. And while you're there, I hope you check out a new feature on our site. It's called People of NOS. This section features interviews with folks from around the National Ocean Service. These people represent all the different types of work options available around NOS. So what we did is ask questions about each person's job at NOAA, what they enjoy about their job, how they ended up at the National Ocean Service, and we also threw in a little advice for folks aspiring to work at NOAA. So if you have any questions about this week's podcast, about the National Ocean Service, or about our ocean, of course you can always send us a note. We're at nos.info at noaa.gov. Now let's listen to the ocean. This is Making Waves from NOAA's National Ocean Service.